It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Should there be any early concerns about Bryce Young's turnovers and have the Panthers found quality depth on defense? I'll tell you that right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now. The pads are coming on on Monday for the Carolina Panthers as they begin week two of training camp down in Spartanburg, South Carolina on the campus of Wofford College for the 28th time. And year 29 is still up in the air as some reporters are trying to get an answer of what the Panthers are going to do. With training camp moving forward past this season, that's TVD. But we know right now the Carolina Panthers are preparing for the 2023 season once again down there at Wofford. They started off last Wednesday. We're out there on Thursday. Had a private walkthrough on Friday. And then Saturday was back together Saturday in the NFL as Carolina Panthers were there at Gibbs Stadium. So a lot to take away from the first couple of days of training camp. And I will preface all this by saying... I do not have boots on the ground. I am, like you, having to read some things and try and monitor Twitter. I guess it's also called, or maybe it's X now. I'm not really sure what's going on with all of that. So I'm having to monitor this stuff from afar here in Charlotte, but that hopefully will change um, very soon. But I will, again, I talk to some people who are down there so I get some more insight that I try to pass along to you and give you my perspective and my takeaways from the things that are being reported and are happening down at training camp. So right here doing my best to give you the training camp coverage without being there daily, considering I have another job, and this is what I do on the side. But I'm still going to go out here and give you my thoughts on the team ahead of the season and break it down as best as I can for you and always try to bring in people who are right there, boots on the ground, can give you the best perspective as possible here on the show. But Bryce Young so far It looks like it's been up and down as far as performance goes over the first three days where the public has been there to view his um, practices and his performance as the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback, something that Frank Wright came out on Wednesday and did not allow for anyone to wonder whether there's a competition or not, because there's not, and there never was going to be, saying that Bryce Young, yes, he is our QB1. Day one, uh, according to the folks out there who have charted his throws, which is always funny how we get to this part of the year and you got football back and it's really just practice and people are charting throws and maybe getting a little too um, excited or dismayed by some of the things that they see that are being reported. But day one, apparently Bryce Young was 9 of 12. Um, Of course, this is um, 
unofficial, 9 of 12, day 2, was 6 of 9, with an interception to C.J. Henderson, more on him later, and on day 3 on Saturday, was 10 of 15, with another interception of great play, according to the reporters out there, by Shaq Thompson. He's had his ups, he's had his downs, he's thrown some really accurate throws. The guys like D.J. Chark, who's made a, a great reception on Saturday. He's also overthrown some guys that have been wide open, and that's just kind of the ups and downs of a rookie quarterback learning a new system and taking the reins as officially quarterback one here in Carolina. So I would say for anyone who out there is maybe concerned by the interceptions, I don't think that's something to really be all that concerned about. Now, if it's like a daily thing, which it's been the last two days, then we don't know what he did on Friday as that was a private walkthrough, but the last two public practices on Thursday and Saturday, he's thrown an interception, and the miscommunication there was on one of those with C.J. Henderson, who has been a standout so far, and again, we'll get into him momentarily, and then Shaq Thompson apparently made a good play. It's one of those things where defensively, we think the Panthers are going to have a pretty good defensive team. So if they're intercepting a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young, who's still coming in, learning the offense, and has been the official starter for about three, four days now, I don't really feel like there should be that much concern at all. Like, here's breaking news for y'all. Bryce Young is going to make mistakes. He's going to turn the football over at some point in time during the season. Like, it's going to happen. And it's not going to happen just once. It's going to happen a couple of times. Because that's just the nature of the position and just the nature of starting a rookie quarterback in the NFL. But from everything that I've read and heard from him when watching his press conferences, Frank Reich's not concerned about it. Bryce Young's not concerned about it. He's just going about his business, taking it day by day, being process-oriented and not getting overly concerned about some of the mistakes. Now, yes, you want to clean those up. You cannot have a rookie quarterback who's going to go out there and can hold back your offense. And really, as I've said throughout the show since he's been here in Carolina that, you know, Panthers are pretty much going to go as Bryce Young takes him this year offensively. And the hope is that he will be much better than what we've gotten out of the position the last couple seasons from Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, and Teddy Bridgewater, who honestly the last three years has been the best quarterback the Panthers have started. And even then was not good enough for anyone out there, especially the owner, David Tepper, who wanted the Panthers to move on, which led to the quarterback merry-go-round that we went through the last two seasons here in Carolina. Bryce Young is here to stop that. And I think Bryce Young so far has done a lot of encouraging things from things that I've seen and the things that I've read, and I would not be overly concerned at all. And here's the deal, too. It's so early. And if he's going to make mistakes, you would want them to happen now. It's just in couple in a couple weeks like when the Jets come to town for – the joint practices, and if he's making the same mistakes, then maybe you get a little bit concerned because, hey, you're entering week three, the final week down there in Spartanburg, and you're still seeing some of the same things. But if he's able to clean those up, you know, this week and then going into next week and then going into the preseason games and the turnovers aren't as much of a concern if they are one right now, that's the positive. Because overall, it looks like he's been accurate. What, 9 of 12, that's 75%, 6 of 9, that's 66%, 10 of 15, again, that's 66%. He's being accurate so far. So the accuracy, there's no concerns there. Yes, sometimes overthrows guys, that is what every quarterback has done at some point in time in their career, whether it's in practice or in the game. And then two turnovers so far with the interceptions, it happens. Good plays by the defense, miscommunication, that's something that can be cleaned up. So, so far, 
everything that I've read and heard about Bryce Young is that he has shown great leadership so far. He's been accurate. And yes, there's been a few mistakes, but nothing to really be all that concerned about through the first couple days of training camp down there in Spartanburg. And the hope is that he'll be able to clean those up over the next couple of days and weeks heading into the 2023 season where he will be again the quarterback one for the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Panthers are looking for some depth, particularly on defense. We're at corner on the outside. There's concerns going into the season. Even at linebacker on the inside, if something happens to Jack Thompson or Frankie Louvu, there have been concerns about what the Panthers might do. Well, those concerns may uh, be assuaged after what we've seen over the first couple of days of training camp as C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor, and Kamu Grier-Hill have all been standouts early on. Have the Panthers found their quality depth pieces on defense? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. But before we get there, take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to over under to who is going to homer first in the game that you're watching, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. No waiting around. That money is right there in your FanDuel account. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think if you look at the Carolina Panthers' first 22, you feel pretty good about the starters. I think you feel good about Bryce Young considering what the quarterback play has been the last couple years and how he's projected to play and perform in his rookie year. You feel good about the coaching staff and what they're going to be able to do with him. I think you feel pretty good about your starting wide receivers. DJ Chark's been a pro bowler before. We've seen Adam Thielen, who had 700 yards receiving last year in Minnesota, have multiple thousand-yard receiving seasons in his career, and physically looks like he's in really good shape. I think you feel good about Hayden Hurst. You feel great about Iki Iquanu, who's taking that next step there at left tackle, Taylor Moten at right tackle, center Bradley Bozeman, and you feel good about Brady Christensen at left guard. And in the interim, Cade Mays at right guard. We'll see how that goes, but I'm not overly concerned about his ability to be able to not be a wink link or weak link on that offensive line heading into the season. And Miles Sanders is a solid back. So you feel good about that first 11 offensively. And there's players like LaVishka Chenault, who so far has been used all over the offense, whether it's been in the slot, out wide, or in the backfield. You got some good chess pieces on offense, and you feel good about the starters there. And I think there's some decent depth as well offensively. Defensively, Shai Tuttle, Derek Brown, Henry Anderson, no concerns there really on the defensive line with those first guys. Brian Burns, love him at edge rusher. Now the, on the other side, I would guess it'd be Marquise Haynes. You know, you don't necessarily love that starter, but on, in, on the inside at linebacker, Frankie Louvu, Shaq Thompson, feel great there. Jeremy Chin in the nickel at a big nickel. Could play safety if they need him to. Von Bell, 
been a captain the last couple of seasons in Cincinnati, really good player. Xavier Woods has been great for the Panthers since he's been here. Then Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn went healthy. You feel good about it. So when you look at the first 22 for the Carolina Panthers, like they're starters, you feel great. And offensively, I think there's probably more depth than there is defensively, which is a concern heading into the season. At least it was a concern heading to training camp and still may well, very well be. But so far through the first couple of days, it looks like the Panthers may have been able to find some answers there as far as their depth concerns at outside corner and at inside linebacker. Starting off at cornerback, we have seen over the last couple seasons when J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson have gone out, the Panthers have struggled mightily with the backups, C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor. Keith Taylor allegedly had a really good day on Saturday there at Gibbs Stadium, and he's made some plays. But C.J. Henderson is one who's been one of the early standouts of training camp so far. And this is a story that we heard last year when Steve Smith Sr. was on WFNZ, the local radio station here in Charlotte, talking about how C.J. Henderson's out there locking up every single receiver out there. Now, we did find out that that just proved that the wide receivers in Carolina weren't very good, as we saw last year, aside from D.J. Moore, really struggled there at wide receiver. And it turned out to really be fool's gold because the Panthers' wide receivers weren't all that quality last season. And that C.J. Henderson, once the season started, he really struggled. But so far, he's going out there, and he's again making some plays. Had the interception on Thursday. Bryce Young, now there's a miscommunication. But either way, C.J. Henderson able to make them pay. And we saw last season, C.J. Henderson made a couple plays there. Had a big interception against Atlanta in that first game against the Falcons. That could have helped set up the Carolina Panthers for winning that football game. He's had his moments, but he's also had all his struggles so far, which is why the Carolina Panthers, when they had the decision back in May to exercise his fifth-year option, declined to do that. And Henderson was asked about that on Saturday and said that for him it's a make-or-break year, that he's got to go out there and earn mine. And with his back against the wall, he feels like that's when he does his best. So we'll see. That's the thing about it, too, that I think is a little frustrating for anyone out there who's watched him play because obviously the guy has talent. He doesn't go in the top 10 of the draft if he didn't have talent. He has the size and length that the Carolina Panthers and a lot of teams would like to have at that cornerback position. But when Sunday has popped up, he has not been ready to play. He has not played at that high. He may have been ready to play, but he has not performed at the level that you would expect out of a top 10 pick. And some of the Carolina Panthers gave up assets to acquire by giving up Dan Arnold and that third-round pick Jacksonville. And to in his defense for C.J. Henderson, it's not like he's had a lot of stability. Start off in Jacksonville with Doug Marone, then he gets Urban Meyer's clown staff there, then gets traded to Carolina. He has to learn a new defense and come out immediately against Dallas, where he gave up that touchdown to Amari Cooper, which not a great situation for him to be in. That day in Dallas, you have to imagine the Cowboys wanted to get that matchup, and they got it, and it worked out for them in their favor. Then having to step up later on in the season, once Dante's out, JC's out, of course, for the season there in 2021, you have Stephon Gilmore go out. Not a great situation for C.J. Henderson coming into Carolina that year. Then he gets a full offseason, still in the same defense, and we saw week one against Cleveland and the Browns that, hey, there we go. He's still struggling. So he's had his moments where he's been able to make some plays, but he's also really struggled when the Carolina Panthers have needed him. And we have done this whole song and dance before, like I said last year, where all the reports out of camp was that he was looking great. I remember doing a, a, a uh, show talking about can C.J. Henderson be the reason why the Panthers go from good to great. If you can have three corners in Dante, in J.C., and C.J. Henderson, who you, who you really um, trust and have two guys who are in the top ten of the draft in their respective classes and another guy who's a veteran who was a second-round pick in Dante Jackson, that would be 
a great trio for the Carolina Panthers, but that has never really worked out, whether it's just been the lack of performance and also the availability of Horn and of Jackson. So C.J. Henderson, it's good to hear so far that he's playing well, that he has a chip on his shoulder, which really the chip is on his shoulder because he put himself in the situation by not performing well enough. And yes, the situation has not been perfect, but you have to be able to overcome that. And my hope is that with Jonathan Cooley now, the cornerback coach in Carolina, and D'Angelo Hall, who of course has played a position at a very high level in the NFL and not too far removed from it, he's as the assistant uh, cornerback coach here and being in a scheme this 3-4 scheme under new defensive coordinator Rogero Vero that allegedly is very friendly uh, to secondary players that we can see the best version of CJ Henderson like it's time for him and contract years as we know are typically undefeated so we'll see if CJ Henderson can live up to that and if you think about it long term the Panthers really do need CJ Henderson to step up they need to have a potential long-term number two to J.C. Horn. And I think that when the Panthers traded for him and they came out and said that this is a move for the future. Now, when you looked at when they did it, it didn't feel that way, even though the Panthers had conversations with Jacksonville back in August of 2021 during training camp to try and acquire his services. As it appeared, he was on the outs there in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and his new staff. Just at the time, the Panthers had just lost J.C. Horn for the season, and it really felt like they were going out there and bringing in Henderson and hoping that he would be a starter for them as they did put him in situations that probably weren't the best for him starting off, but he was someone who they really felt like could help them down the road. And so far, that has not been the case. But when you look at the financials and the Panthers, I know they restructured the deal of Dante Jackson and they've worked some things out. And the thing is, there's going to be some dead money there if they want to move off of Jackson this upcoming season. They could do that. I mean, well, after the season, next offseason, they could do it and save $10.6 million if they designated him as a post-June 1st cut. And that would be made possible if, Jackson struggles this year coming off of that Achilles, but really if Henderson comes out and turns out to be a player who they think can help them and be that number two to J.C. Horn long-term, because here's here's the deal. If Henderson doesn't play well and, and Dante struggles, the Panthers are probably looking into the draft next year or maybe free agency if there's a good quarterback market out there to try and bring in a starter. So for Henderson's sake, as far as his long-term um, – prognosis in the NFL and outlook and for the Panthers to try and find someone there opposite of JC long-term like they really need CJ Henderson to step up and for this to be true and not to just be fool's gold like we saw this time last year where it seemed like he was playing well but once the season rolled around that was not the case so for me it's still hard to buy in to the hype uh, because we heard the same thing last year but I'm certainly hoping that CJ Henderson and Keith Taylor as well are going to truly be, turn out to be quality depth pieces on defense for the Carolina Panthers at a position where they certainly need it. Now, another position where there was concern going into the year as far as depth goes was inside linebacker. As Shaq Thompson, Frankie Luva, those guys played a ton of snaps last year, were both phenomenal. But if something were to happen to them, there's certainly concern of whether uh, there would be someone back there to help him. Well, it looks like Kamu Grie Hill is someone who's really made a name for himself early on and has garnered the praise of Shaq Thompson, who came out and said that Kamu is just one of those guys that's a silent killer. They brought him in for special teams, but I definitely think he's going to be one of those guys playing defense. They got to put him on the field somehow, some way. He's been making plays. He's fast. He's smart. He's a veteran. I feel like you got to find a way to get everybody on the field. You definitely got to find a way to get him on the field. And he was someone who day one had an interception of Andy Dalton I heard Mike K of the Charlotte Observer who's on the show uh two weeks ago asked a question about Kamu who has a relationship with the with his staff dating back to his time in Philadelphia where he was a part-time starter 
back when they won the Super Bowl. Then he started 14 games back in 2021. With the Houston Texans, had 108 tackles that year, 13 tackles for loss. Last year was more of a special teams guy when he was in Arizona, but then when he found his way back to Houston, started six games there, had 40 tackles. So he's a veteran, like Shaq Thompson says, who has played and has had a really good experience so far. So have someone who comes in and has been a good special teams player, and you can bring him primarily for that, but is also someone who can step up and who can play alongside Shaq and with Frankie, that helps, and think about it, too. Say on third downs, and we talked about this outside linebacker, what are they going to do there? And Scott Fitterer said last week that the Panthers won't just primarily use, will not just solely use Frankie Louvu at inside linebacker, that he'll get opportunities to rush the passer. Just think about on third down, where the Panthers can have Brian Burns, of course, at outside linebacker. Then in the middle, Shaq Thompson, they can bring in Camus, Grier Hill, put him there in one of the inside linebacker spots, and then kick Frankie Louvu out to the outside, to be an edge rusher on third down situations. Like that allows the Panthers to be even more multiple and gives them more opportunities to utilize and get some of their best players out on the field. Because you can have those guys out there. You got you got Jeremy Chin in his situation. That can only help the Carolina Panthers moving forward if someone like Camille Hill turns out to actually be someone who can help them defensively and can step in and get some serious snaps there out inside linebacker. So really good to hear the development of that. CJ Henderson, Keith Taylor, in a defense that definitely, definitely needs to find some quality depth pieces because if some guys go down, which has been the case the last couple of seasons, it did not look like it would be a great situation for the Carolina Panthers. But hearing about Henderson, Taylor, and Greer Hill and what they've done so far in the early part of training camp, that's certainly encouraging for everyone out there who's open to see this team turn around and bounce back and potentially contend in the NFC South this fall. Oh, that's great. But we don't know until the pads come on. And Frank Reich has been telling us that for months, that we'll find out once the, once the pads come on. Well, they come on on Monday. So what will that look like? And what kind of competitions will now take more shape once those do come on? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'll find out when the pads come on. That's what Frank Reich's been telling the media since OTAs and mandatory minicamp as far as competitions go and really finding out which players can make the 53-man roster out of camp here in Carolina. Well, we find out on Monday as the pads do come on Monday morning as the Carolina Panthers are back on the practice field after having Sunday off. And I'm ready to see what it's going to look like. We talked about Bryce Young earlier. We've seen some of the mistakes he's made, but he's also looked pretty good. We're going to really get to understand what Bryce Young is able to do in this offense as he'll be facing a live rush. Now, yes, he's wearing a red jersey. They can't touch him, but things are going to change a little bit with the physicality that's going to actually be out there on the football field starting on Monday morning. And another position group to look at, look at right guard, Cade Mays, has been slotting in there. As a starter at right guard in the absence of Austin Corbett, who started off on pup, but could be back sooner rather than later, depending on um, how he's able to recover from that ACL tear, as that will be something to monitor once we get closer to roster cutdowns. We're going to really find out whether Cade Mays is up for the task. 
against a new rebuilt defensive line. You're going to see Shai Tuttle out there, Deshaun Williams, some of these other players who are going to try and make the roster like a Marquand McCall, who so far from everything I've read so has turned out to be still a solid player as one of those Matt Rule holdovers who made the roster after an excellent training camp in preseason last year in 2022. Going to find out a lot about what they have in the defensive line and whether Cade Mays is the guy there at right guard. But one position group I'm definitely looking at once pads come on on Monday is there at outside linebacker and at edge rusher as Marquise Haynes missed Saturday's practice. He's dealing with a back issue. I'm not quite sure whether he'll be available. On Monday, kind of one of those day-to-day situations. Got to see how it plays out. And anyone out there who's had back issues knows just how troubling that can be. So hopefully Marquise Haynes will not be injured long-term. That won't be something that lingers as he's someone the Panthers are absolutely counting on at outside linebacker and at that edge rusher spot opposite of Brian Burns this upcoming season. But that now allows some players like DJ Johnson, who so far has not really made any splash plays. It's kind of hard to do that when you don't have the pads on, can't really be all that physical there at that edge rusher spot. Utah Grospados also right there on the roster bubble, going to try to make an impact, going to get to see how he's able to um, diagnose defenses there at outside linebacker. And also if he can stand up in that position, and get after the passer. So we'll see how that works out. Kobe Jones, who out of Mississippi State is somebody who has made an early impact, has had a couple sacks, at least would have been would-be sacks had he actually been able to touch the quarterback. Uh, he could be a beneficiary of Marquise Haynes' absence as he'll get some opportunities to step up there, maybe even run with the ones, and be someone who can get after the passer. So that's a position group, absolutely. I'm looking at seeing how they perform once the pads are on. Like Bryce Young, that one, pretty obvious. Pats, come on. How does he handle the really the live fire, live bullets of, you know, as much as it can be during training camp. And Cade Mays, as I mentioned, playing at right guard. Going to need to see the physicality there from him. Nash Jensen, the kid out of North Dakota State, he also got some opportunities. So we'll see what that offensive line looks like and that rebuilt defensive line looks like once the pads come on there um, as well. But, yeah, outside linebacker right there on the defensive line. Cade Mays, Bryce Young, those are the spots I'm really looking at once the pads come on on Monday morning. Um, roster update, the Carolina Panthers made yet another move. They had Wave Marquez Stevenson last week, apparently had a little foot issue that popped up uh, during the conditioning test, which he was still able to pass, and then he did not practice on Wednesday. The Panthers decided to waive him. They brought in Javon Wims, who is a former Georgia Bulldog. He spent the majority of his career up with the Chicago Bears, and he's now here in Carolina. And the Panthers decided also to make a move on Friday as they waived running back Tyon Evans out of Louisville. And then on Saturday, they signed a fourth quarterback in Jake Luton, formerly out of Oregon State, played and started a couple games a couple years ago in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. He was out there on Saturday in camp wearing the number 16 for the people out there who want to get a Jake Luton Panthers jersey, if that's something that you would like to do. Um, but Jake Luton, it makes sense, too. Uh, this is something Frank Reich had alluded to uh, way back in the spring when the Panthers decided that they wanted to uh, waive Jacob Easton, who just so far has not really proven to be an NFL caliber quarterback um, in the opportunities he's gotten in Indianapolis and Seattle now here in Carolina. Not quite sure where he's at, if he's anywhere currently, uh, but Luton, it was pretty solid Oregon State and got his opportunity to start. So having someone that's sort of experience, but also you want to get another quarterback out there. And at the time when they decided that they wanted to move off of Jacob Eason, it was about getting Matt Corral more reps. And 
Frank Reich had said then that, hey, they would look at potentially bringing in a fourth quarterback once training camp comes along. And it would make sense, too, because you get to the preseason, and if their plan really is to get Bryce a lot of reps, get Matt Corral a lot of reps, and not really to play Andy Dalton that much, if at all, then you should bring in a fourth quarterback. Because you don't want to have Matt Corral in a situation like last year where he's behind a patchwork offensive line and then he gets hurt because that does not help his development at all. Now, I'm not saying that Jake Luton needs to be the punching bag back there, but you would rather have him in that situation that Corral was in last season than having Matt Corral, someone who the Panthers still want to invest in, still want to develop, and potentially, you know, he could be the backup long-term. He could be someone that the Panthers could use as a trade piece um, later on in this preseason and throughout the rest of the, this training camp if he turns out to be someone who uh the teams out there might want to look at so it makes sense i think bringing in a fourth quarterback bryce is gonna get his reps matt's gonna get his reps and you know Andy dalton will he'll be out there as well but it's not like the panthers are all that concerned about what they're gonna get at Andy dalton because they know what they're getting out of Andy dalton but now this allows young and corral to get the reps but also not to get overextended particularly Matt Corral, and then to bring someone else in, Jake Luton, who could be an interesting uh, piece there as a backup quarterback because of what he's been able to do in the situations when called upon in the NFL. So that's where we are as Carolina Panthers are heading into week two of training camp down there at Wofford, and the pads are coming on on Monday morning. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, or I guess it's called X now, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.